Hello, my name is Gray. And my name is Crystal. And this is Bust Asian Beauties, the supernatural commentary podcast where I, someone who has seen this show several times. And I, someone who only knows the show through social media, discuss every single episode of Supernatural from start to finish. Also, we are both Asian. Both Asian. So for today's episode, we'll be discussing Season 2, Episode 6, No Exit. Written by Matt Witten, directed by Kim Manners. Who is this Witten guy? He also directs playthings later on in the season. I mean, writes, mm. but yeah, yeah. Th- those were his only episodes. Okay, so before we hop in, Crystal, what did you think about this episode before going in? Um, I had no clue. I guess I hadn't really heard of this one at all. Like, I know about Joe's backstory and how John got her dad killed on a hunt and how at some point she says that she didn't fit in at school because she was a freak with a knife collection, but I didn't know where those things came from. Yeah, exactly. Me too. Like, I didn't know that it was from this episode. I guess because those things are just things that, like, you absorb true fandom and you recall Mm. like outside of context yeah so okay let's start with the actual episode so we start off in a city which is not that common for supernatural so this was fun Mm -hmm. uh it's night and there's this girl she's on a call with i guess her landlord and she's complaining about the flickering lights in her apartment as she hangs up, she finds little droplets of this black goo all around. She reaches out and like with her finger and um, dips her hand into it. And I was like, lick it, lick it. <laughs> More goo starts happening around her. Uh, she goes over by... What is this? What the transcript says she goes over to like a switch. hole in the wall, a light switch, but there's like a little hole in it. Yeah, and the black goo starts oozing in earnest out of the light switch, and she peeks into it, and a creepy eye peeks out. She screams, and that's the end of our teaser. So. We're now to the roadhouse, where Sam and Dean are outside, about to head in, and Dean makes a joke about a girl who was kidnapped by an evil cult in LA named Katie Holmes. I is that what is this a reference to? Katie Holmes is an actor, but I don't okay. really understand the reference. Like. Was there, a, like, a cult thing going on in L.A. at the time? I don't know. But... Was Markiplier being attacked by gangs in L.A. <laughs> at the time? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Did he get the breast reduction and breast unreduction? Okay, um, the wiki says that Katie Holmes 
uh, was dating Tom Cruise, who's a Scientologist, and that oh, she became yeah. interested in it. So, like, the joke was, like, Katie Holmes has been kidnapped by the Scientologists. Okay, okay, got it. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, Sam says, that's funny, and for you, so bitchy. What does that mean? <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> we get Sam- that. <laughs> We get Sam saying bitch for absolutely no reason, no importance, no relevance. Okay, Sam. And then we hear the sound of Ellen and Joe arguing inside the roadhouse. And Dean says, on the other hand, cat fight. Ugh. That's like, that's like a, that's like a bad thing to say, right? Yeah. It's just... I guess a term for fights between women, but in a way that, I guess, like, yeah. trivializes it for entertainment. It's, <laughs> at, yeah. at some point in this episode, Dean, like, shakes his head to deny misogyny. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> well, I was like, sure, Dean. <laughs> Dean may not think that this is gender studies, but I will make it gender studies. Uh, was bitchy or catfight, like, points-worthy, or is it just, like, I don't know, maybe I'm becoming desensitized. I feel like if this was, like, at the beginning of season one, we would be like, give them a point. But now, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. Do you want to give them a point? I want to, I kind of want to give Dean a point for... Yeah. Just in general, like, this episode. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give him a general point. How about Sam, though? I just... The thing... Like, I feel like bitchy is it's not, not It's ba- not Is like bitchy a... not as bad as bitch? I feel like... I don't know. What do you think? I think, uh, like, there's a difference between referring to a woman as bitch. Yeah. Versus, like, just saying... Calling Dean bitchy. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I guess, like, the word bitch itself and all of the, like, the variants are, like, there's, like, a problem with them existing, but I wouldn't blame people that much for saying them, except for in specific contexts. Yeah, exactly. Alright, so, Dean has a point now, so that is his fourth misogyny of the season. That's a lot. Yeah, but he's averaging less than one per episode, which is better than he was doing last yes, season. exactly. Sam and Dean entered the roadhouse, and Ellen and Joe, as they overheard, is fighting. Well, are fighting. I don't know. <laughs> They're fighting. And Joe is complaining to her mom about how you can't keep me here. What are you going to do? Chain me up in the basement. The argument is about how Ellen doesn't want her to go somewhere. Somewhere being a hunt, which is revealed a little bit later. Ellen says, if you want to go somewhere so bad, go back to school. Joe says her iconic line, I didn't belong there. I was a freak with a knife collection. Go girl. Go, girl. So they continue arguing some more. 
and Ellen turns around and sees the boys. Sam and Dean were like, okay, bad time. We're gonna leave now. But as they go to leave, Joe stops them. Do, do I mention, like, the three, the fucking... <laughs> the three random Family. <laughs> the, the, the family of four that comes in at some point. Sure. Joe stops them to ask about their opinion on what's happening. There's, like, a whole scene where a family comes in, and it's, like, a family of four with two small children, and... They're like, um, is is this establishment open? And uh, like Ellen and Joe both shout, yes and no at the same time, like respectively. It's pretty funny. And they were like, okay, yeah. okay we're just gonna go to the Arby's down the road. <laughs> the phone rings. So Ellen picks it up as Joe starts talking to the boys. She mentions that she has found a case, a missing person case. Over the past eight years, six women have vanished, all the same building, all blondes. Nobody has picked up the connection, but she did, so she wants to check it out. Dean, like, asks, who put this together? Ash? Which I thought was Fuck so... off, Dean. Dean, come on, Dean. Yeah. And Joe's like, I did it myself. And Dean's like, huh? And I was like, shut up, Dean. Shut up, Dean. Ellen comes in and says, well, if you like the case so much, you should go check it out. And Joe protests. But Ellen says, Joanna Beth, this family has lost enough. I won't lose you two. I just won't. I think Samantha Ferris does a good job of acting Ellen. Yeah. Don't you think? I think both... Um, I don't really know the actress for Joe's name. I think she also does a good job of playing Joe. Like, Joe and Ellen are believable people. And, you know, like, in the past episodes, we complained that they're not given a lot. This episode, they really get to shine. And I love that. Like, I think the actors carry it well. I think the story carries it well. It's all super fun. Mm -hmm. So, the Impala goes into Philadelphia where the case is. It's just Sam and Dean together. And they go to the apartment building where we saw that woman disappear. Uh, Sam says that he feels kind of bad taking Joe's case. And Dean says, yeah, maybe she put together a good file, but could you see her out here working one of these things? Ha, I don't think so. What's wrong with this man? Literally, what's wrong with him? Uh, like, later on, he reveals that he's actually upset. Yeah, but that doesn't explain most of his behavior. It explains him trying to keep her away. It doesn't explain him being so dismissive of her skills. The charitable reading here is he's saying this because she's a she's an amateur and not because she's a woman but it really does just come off as she's a girl she can't do hunting you know yeah yeah also like if he has anything against amateurs like in season one they'd pick up a new girl every week and have her go on the hunt with them even though like she didn't even know how to shoot a gun like you let sarah come along with nacho uh they start running their EMF readers around the abandoned apartment and 
Sam gets something from the light switch, they see the, like, black tar goo or whatever coming out of it, and they see that it is ectoplasm. <gasps> Hell yeah, dude! Sam reveals the lore that you have to be one majorly pissed off spirit in order to produce ectoplasm, which is fun, I guess. Does this come back at any point? Oh, yeah. Ectoplasm is a thing in Supernatural. That's why I was like, hell yeah, dude. I'm not sure, actually, if it's a thing in Supernatural or it's a thing in the fanfiction cases I read. It's just in, like, ghost media in general, but yeah, maybe it's in fanfiction, too. Yeah. I I enjoy ectoplasms, so... (laughs) Hell yeah, dude. I love physical manifestation of the horrors. So, mm, Yeah. But um, so, also, uh-huh. what's fascinating is, because it's, it's an ectoplasm story, right? Mm-hmm. They also made the ghost... Because this is a ghost, right? This is a spirit. Yeah. He is so concrete mm-hmm. that I was mostly confused. <laughs> Cat's voice. Yeah. Jensen Ackles' cat's voice. I'm no. mostly confused. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, so uh, as they keep investigating, they hear voices, and it's Joe talking to the landlord, acting like she's interested in renting out the place. Dean steps out from behind his hiding spot and goes, what the hell are you doing here? And then Joe the Absolute Queen decides that today is a fake dating case fic. Yes! Hell yeah, dude! There you are, honey! And, like, Sora, like, grabs Dean around the waist and goes, this is my boyfriend Dean and his buddy Sam. And then... Okay, so the landlord is, like, friendly, I guess, but also says, quite a gal you've got here. Okay, shut up. And then Dean smacks her ass and then says, oh yeah, she's a pistol. So, we're giving him a point, right? Uh, I... I, I, like, I guess I saw this as roughhousing. But... Why? What's your perspective? I just don't think you should smack people's asses. Hmm. I mean, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so, imagine if I followed that up with but. <laughs> but actually, <laughs> no, it's true. Okay, I can give him a point. But uh, I All guess, right. like, my hesitation comes from, like, the narrative not really framing it that way. But, like, when has that ever stopped us? Yeah. Okay, so that's Dean's fifth misogyny of the season. So, and oh, also when Dean does that, Sam makes a little face, like, what the fuck, bro? They keep chatting to the landlord, who's confused about how Dean got in. Uh, but Joe changes the subject, and... She says, well, her loss, the previous tenant's loss, our gain, because if Dino loves it, it's good enough for me. And Dean says, oh, sweetie. And then he smacks her on the ass again. (laughs) So. (laughs) I think that counts as one singular point. 
Yeah, it does count as one singular point only, but still, I am glaring at him a lot. But also, I mean, with if there was less ass-smacking, this would be sort of a fun, cute scene. I love when people are mad at each other and fake dating. I know. I I I think I I posted um I enjoyed Dean Joe. I'm sorry women. <laughs> like when I was watching this scene. Uh yeah, so Joe like pulls out a bunch of cash and is just like, "Yeah, we'll take the apartment." Apparently, you, they don't have to sign a lease or anything. Fun stuff. In the apartment, Joe and Dean are talking and Dean asks like what does Ellen know about this? And Joe says, "Oh, I told her I went to Vegas, and that, <laughs> and that I asked, and that she asked Ash to lay out a credit card trail to the casinos." Sam asks, "Like, where did you get all that money?" Joe reveals that hunters are not that good at poker. But before she says that, Dean says, "Where did you get that money? Hunters don't tip that well." <laughs> And I was like, Dean Winchester is a bad dipper, confirmed. Dean's phone rings, and as he answers it, it's Ellen. Ellen's asking if Joe is with her. And uh, Dean, like, holds the phone back and starts talking to Joe. And it's it's a very cute scene. Like, they're whispering to each other. Like, mm-hmm. I'm telling her. Like, oh no, you don't fucking tell her. Don't fucking tell her. I'm gonna tell her. I'm gonna tell her. You know, it's it's that kind yeah. of scene. And uh, Dean immediately goes to the phone and goes, I haven't seen her. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, Ellen says, if you see her, drag her ass back here. Dean says, yeah, of course. And then they hang up. Also, earlier in the scene... Sam is being such a I to him in this episode. This episode, yes. like he's barely a character. He's got nothing going on. Yeah, I think there's a moment where Dean tells Joe that she shouldn't be on the hunt in the scene, and Joe looks over at Sam for support, and he just does a little shrug, and it's like, come on, Sam, come on, please. What do you think would Sam's perspective be in this episode? Because that's something I find interesting. Because would yeah. he be like, let Joe do her thing because that would be like reflective of his desire to do his own thing? Or would he be like, Joe shouldn't go hunting because it would be re- reflective of his desire to not necessarily go hunting, you know? Right. I think specifically the fact that Ellen tells Joe, like, if you want to go, then go to school would probably trigger Sam's, like, God, I wish I had Ellen as a mom instead of John and Joe's so lucky that her mom supports her going to school and getting out of the life. So I feel kind of bitter that she's not taking this opportunity instincts. I'm actually going the opposite. Like, I think he would be encouraging of her doing what she wants. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, we'll never fucking know, I guess. Or maybe yeah, we will in future episodes. Only two is in this episode. <laughs> we cut to a little later where Joe's going through blueprints of the apartment and she is also flipping a small knife around as she does so. Stimming queen, autism queen, ADHD queen, love her. <laughs> she says that this place was built in 1924 
but only converted into apartments a few months ago, and before that, it was an empty field. Uh, Sam suggests that there was a violent death in the building, but Joe says there's nothing. Dean says in just the rudest little, like, condescending voice goes, Oh, so you've checked police reports and county death records? And Joe's like, yeah, and obituaries, mortuary reports, and seven other sources. I know what I'm doing. And Dean says, I think the jury's still out on that one. Why is he being such a fucking bitch? The, the thing is, like, his motivation, as we are supposed to believe, is he thinks it's fine that Joe's doing research, but she shouldn't go on a hunt. So why is he disparaging her research, you know? Like, yeah. it's just, it feels so mean-spirited. Yeah. He's just being so rude. Uh, And he tells her to put the knife down. And Sam thinks maybe it's a cursed object with a spirit in it. So they decide to go scan the whole building. Dean says that he and Joe will take the top two floors together. And Joe says we should split up. And Dean says, oh, this isn't negotiable. Okay. Oh, I'm going to get the gender studies line. (laughs) So, Joe and Dean are walking down a hallway of the apartment building with EMF readers. Joe makes a joke that like, oh, if you are going to write me this close, it's only decent you buy me dinner. You know, shit like that. Mm. Dean uh, expresses regret lying about where Joe is to Ellen. But he says, uh, that's all I'm going to do. I'm not letting you out of my sight. And that and points out that Joe is the spirit style. She's blonde, she's petite, all that. Joe says, Yeah, exactly. And this takes Tina back. He was like, Oh, you wanna become bait? Joe says, It's the quickest way to draw it out and you know it. <laughs> Dean's Dean's all like, Oh, I'm fucking regretting this already. This is when Joe calls Dean out for his quote chauvinist crap. He says, oh, you think women can't do the job? And Dean says, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> He says, sweetheart. sweetheart this isn't gender this isn't studies. gender studies. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Dean. I love how he's like, I'm not a chauvinist, but I will condescendingly call you sweetheart. Like, I all right. <laughs> Can I just give him a point for how fucking annoying that line was? Is the catfight point just, like, a point just for the catfight? Because I thought it would be, like, a more general Oh, like... okay, then fine, alright, I'll just bundle it into the catfight point. Yeah, and Dean says, uh, women can do the job. <laughs> Hashtag, um, I am not a misogynist, what are you talking about? <laughs> He says, like, the problem isn't that Joe is a girl, it's that she is a woman. <laughs> no, she's an amateur. <laughs> and uh, that she has no experience. He, sa- he says, what, do you d- what, what you do have is a bunch of half-baked romantic notions that some barflies put in your head. Joe says, now you sound like my mother. And Dean replies, oh, that's a bad thing? Because let me tell you. And then Joe's like, what? And Dean, like, forgets what he's about to say. 
And he says, forget it. Uh, and then they start walking around some more. Dean says, you've got options. No one in their right mind would choose this life. My dad started me on this when I was still young. I wish I could do something else. Well, that's just sad. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, uh, Dean says, I do love the job, but it's because I'm a little twisted. And Joe says, oh, so you don't true. think I'm twisted myself? I love twisted women. Yes. Yeah. Go, Joe. Anyway, uh, Dean says, you've got a mother that worries about you, who wants something more for you. Those are good things. You don't throw things like that away. Might be hard to find later. Is he projecting? Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. A lot. I mean, duh. I guess this is why I think Sam would have, would be like more supportive of Joe. Because, like, yeah. in my head, I'm like, Dean is already against her. So if they make Sam against her too, it's like two versus one. It's not appealing. Mm. But, I I mean, Sam doesn't need to be a foil to Dean all the fucking time. So, yeah. who knows? But also, yeah. like, later on... Sam can be misogynistic too. Equality. Exactly. <laughs> Hashtag equality. But Hashtag let on, Sam be misogynistic. <laughs> later on in season 10 I think or um, but like a season where Claire is in you know mm-hmm. Sam says it's her life she gets all the calls about a choice about Claire choosing to hunt so mm. like I, I do think Sam would support Joe in whatever it is she wants to do Yeah, I just wish we could have seen it yeah, instead of him just standing in the background shrugging at her. <laughs> okay, so they get closer to a grate near the floor, and Joe spends some time standing in front of it, and then we see this grimy hand go through the vent and try to grab her leg, but she turns around in time gasping. Uh, Dean says he smells something weird, but he doesn't know what it is. And then he says Joe... specifically, I know it. I just can't put my finger on it. Mm-hmm. Which we yeah. will fucking go back to later. <laughs> put a pin on that right now. Joe puts her EMF reader near the grate, and it starts going off. So they decide that the spirit is probably in the vent. Dean has her hold the flashlight as he unscrews the grate. And then, oh, I hate when people are amateurs, so I'm just going to stick my fucking arm into a vent with a spirit in it and not even shoot some salt in there first. Okay, Dean. He just, no, he's, like... he's he's confident that he's not the target. I mean, they could still, like, attack him a bit for trying to, like, keep the spirit away from the target. But also, I I understand your point. This episode's a big loss for blonde Dean truthers. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, he feels around and sees that there's something there. And he pulls out, like, 
This big clump of blonde hair with like blood at the end of it. It's really There's gross There's a piece looking. of scalp. Yeah. Yeah. It's like connected to the scalp too. It's fucking yeah. disgusting, bro. Uh-huh. So he says, okay, so the spirit's been keeping souvenirs. In the apartment, there's another blonde woman walking inside her apartment. Ectoplasm drops from the ceiling to a paper that she's reading, and then the lights start flickering. The paper is an invitation to a lingerie party. (laughs) I know. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I was like, (laughs) well, (laughs) hashtag lesbianism. But she throws it away, so tough luck. She sees a large crack appear in the ceiling, and the way it's appearing is like someone is scratching the ceiling, you know? Like, mm. someone is holding a knife. Like, it's a la Hookman, you know? Uh, anyway, she gets a little bit freaked out. She goes to the phone, there's only static. She goes to the door to try to get out. She can't open it. And there's a great beside her beside the door much like the grate that we saw um dean and joe open earlier and Mm. she stares at it she stares at it because the cracks lead to there and a hand comes out of the grate and grabs her and she struggles and struggles and then the scene cuts so in the morning in the apartment Dean is sleeping on the couch in a position. The worst position ever. What yeah. is this? I don't He's like on his stomach, but also on his arm. And also his back is like halfway twisted around and his legs are weird. He's just not doing good. So, and we hear some police sirens or ambulance sirens or something nearby. Uh, he wakes up to Joe at the table, studying the blueprints again, and twirling her knife around again. And she tells him, morning, princess. And apparently Sam went out to get coffee. They just (laughs) fucking made this up. (laughs) Literally, Literally. Sam is, like, standing in a room staring at a wall like a sim. (laughs) Yeah. They don't, he's not even carrying coffee when he comes back. Uh, Dean asks, Dean gets up and he's like, oh, my back hurts so much because you got to sleep on the bed. Your back hurts because of your f- weird as fuck sleeping position, Dean. <laughs> I'm sure the couch could have been fine. Joe says that she hasn't been sleeping because <laughs> she's just, yeah, absolute queen. Amazing. Yeah, I bet she fucking, like, fist-fought Dean for the bed, and then it was like, you know what would be really funny? <laughs> if I just didn't use it? Yeah, go, Joe. Yeah. Oh, wait, sorry, this is sort of a deviation, but have you seen the posts about, like, whatever Destiel have a fight, then Cass Dean demands would the, the bed? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Dean would take the couch, and then halfway through, he would remember that Cass doesn't even need to sleep. Dean takes out like a much larger knife and hands it over to Joe and he says like here like take this it works a lot better than that little pig sticker you're twirling around so Joe at this 
disparagement of her knife, hands the knife over to Dean, and he sees that engraved on it is W-A-H, which is Joe's dad's initials, William Anthony Harvell. And Dean says, I'm sorry, my mistake, and he takes his knife back. So they start having a conversation about their fathers. Joe asks what Dean remembers about his dad. When he doesn't tell her, she like insists. She seems kind of teary about the situation, going, come on, tell me. And Dean says that he remembers when he was six or seven, and John took him shooting for the first time at six or seven. And apparently Dean bullseyed every single one of the bottles on the fence. And Do John you believe that? A... <laughs> I... I think the writers believe it and Dean believe it, but it seems highly unlikely. Like, shooting Literally. a gun is hard, right? The rebound, like, or whatever against your shoulder is, like, a lot of force. Like, a six-year-old would probably just fall over. I mean, I don't know if these writers... Uh, I have ever met the fucking six-year-old, but, like, they are literally the clumsiest, you know, most... You don't give a six-year-old a gun. So, I think that's a testament on um, John being an asshole. Right. But also, I guess, specifically... I, I, I just don't think it's true. I think Dean... I think Dean is misremembering something. Yeah. Uh, I guess my first thought when I heard that was, like, that Dean was gonna say afterwards, of course I only did that because I'd been, like, secretly practicing at night while he was asleep or gone so that I could, like, impress him later, but he didn't say it. We're just supposed to believe he got all of them first shot. He says, he gave me the smile, like, I don't know. And Joe says, he must have been proud. And Dean asks about her dad. And she says that, well, I was really young when he died, but I remember him coming home from a hunt. He'd burst through that door like Steve McQueen or something, and he'd sweep me up <laughs> in Steve his McQueen arms. Is Steve McQueen an old reference? I don't... Who is Steve McQueen? He's the guy from Cars. No, that's Lightning McQueen. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> actor in the 1960s. <laughs> He's not the car from Cars. <laughs> so true, though. Literally, her talking about her dead dad, he would bust into that door like Lightning McQueen from Cars. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, <laughs> so she says, and he'd sweep me up in his arms, and I'd breathe in that old leather jacket of his. Oh, leather jackets and hunters. Why? And she says, and my mom, who was sour and pissed from the minute he left, she started smiling again. 
and we were, we were a family. You want to know why I want to do the job? For him. It's my way of being close to him. Now tell me, what's wrong with that? And Dane, who looks quite moved, says nothing. Um, a part of me was like, yeah. Oh, Dean is like I don't remember this conversation, so I was like, oh, maybe Dean will say that like your dad would have wanted you to be safe, and I would mm. that would have pissed me off. So yeah. I'm glad that he didn't. Like I'm glad that he said like there's nothing wrong with that. Like you know, yeah. remembering your father is okay. Yeah, agreed. Though, I mean, unfortunately, like, so sorry, Joe, but the only thing I could think of during this scene was how in the Winchester script, John volunteered for the Vietnam War so he could feel closer to his dad. No, this is different. (laughs) It is absolutely different. different. But, like, yeah, I I just think that people... Yeah, I'm I'm glad that Joe has picked a better thing to do to honor her dad than volunteer for the fucking Vietnam War. Sam comes in and interrupts the moment. The transcript says Sam bursts through the door like Steve McQueen or something. (laughs) (laughs) Like Lightning McQueen. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Mm, I mean, if anything, I who do you think in Supernatural is the Lightning McQueen of Supernatural? I've never watched Cars, which oh, is probably okay. why I thought Steve McQueen was Lightning McQueen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I guess this whole thing is just that he's like overconfident and full of himself, and he needs to be taken down a notch by visiting a small town and befriending the cars there. Oh, definitely cast then. He's not, Cass isn't, like, like, full of himself and, like, being a rock star, though. Ugh, alright, I can see that. Yeah, I think that the fictional character Jensen Ackles from the Supernatural episode, The French Mistake, <laughs> is the Lightning McQueen of Supernatural. Uh, oh my god, now <laughs> I'm thinking, like, a Cars moment, that's D-L-A-U. No. I'm sure someone has done it. Wait, let me look up. Yeah, no, Best no, you're year. right. I feel Cars like people AU. could definitely cast Dean as Mater and Cass as Lightning the Queen, or the other way around. Like Cass is the like a guy that like shows up in a small town to learn car vanity, you know? Yeah. So Yeah, Dean is the rusty pickup truck that he befriends. Or Dean is, like, the pretty blue Porsche who Lightning McQueen's actual love interest is. No, he's definitely the fucking rusty truck. Yeah. And he's, like, and uh, Cass is, like, to his um, sports car family, like, look at this handsome uh, car that I found on Earth. And they're all, like, he's literally the ugliest motherfucker I've ever seen. (laughs) I hope Dean's, like, butt ugly by angel standards. I know. <laughs> you know the Lord of the Rings, like, acne, but I love him Tumblr post? About yeah. how, like, yeah, Legolas might be super yeah. ugly by, like, dwarf <laughs> standards. That's just, you yeah. know. 
Exactly. Did you find any cars I use of Destiel? There's just like you know they're like making on top making out on top of the car. Boo! Not the same thing. All right, so Dean asks, "Where's the coffee?" And Sam doesn't answer. He just says, "There are cops outside." Another girl disappeared. So, uh, in the motel room, the the I was gonna say the boys, but they're not the boys. In the motel room, Sam, Dean, and Joe are looking over their notes once again, and they're discussing what happened to Teresa, who is the woman who got taken by the ghost earlier. Dean is still confused as to who it may be because the history of the building is clean, like no one has died on a bad death in this building. And Joe, who's very smart, picks up a picture of the of the lot that the building was built on, like from years past. And she says, maybe we're looking at the wrong place. Check this out. And she shows the picture of the empty field, but beside the empty field is a building with bars on the window. And they realize that they're next to a prison, or at least the building was when it was built. Joe calls up Ash, who she threatens. <laughs> like, uh, we only see the tail end of the call, and she's like, if you breathe a word of this to my mom, yeah, that's right, I will, with flyers. <laughs> I was like, go, Joe. <laughs> yeah. I love a woman who threatens violence. <laughs> so... The prison was is called Moya Mensing Prison, and it was torn down in 1963, so it's not around anymore. And they used to execute people by hanging them in the empty field next door. So this place is full is probably full of spirits who were hanged by the prison. Uh, they got a list, and during this scene, we have a shot of um, the laptop, and then panning to Sam. And we see very clearly his hand, which is on a cast. Yeah. I was like, cool, bro. Cool cast, bro. <laughs> and they have 157 names running on their laptop right now. And they're talking about narrowing it down when Sam finds a name that looks familiar. Herman Webster Mudgett. And Sam's like, wait, hold on. Isn't that H.H. Holmes' real name? I love that Sam's a true crime girl. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of offended that they made Dean know who H.H. Holmes is. Yeah. Or I guess, like, knowing him is, like, fine. But uh, the, the kicker is that Sam knew his real name. So, like, mm-hmm. true crime buff galore. I love it. I love... I, I love this scene. It's, like... This is the beginnings of a truly Sam uh, character trait. And the thing is, like, it's so... I feel like it's so in character for Sam to be a true crime buff. Like, of course he fucking is, you know? Apparently, this H.H. Holmes guy was executed back in 1896 in this lot. And Dean explains to Joe, who doesn't know this guy, who this guy is. And he is the reason why the term multi-murderer was invented. America's first serial killer. 27 murders, but probably a lot more. 
His victim of choice was pretty petite plants. He used chloroform to kill them. Which is what I smelled in the hallway last night. And I was like, oh, that sucks that Dean knows what chloroform smells like. Yeah, when do you think he was chloroformed? I would rather not think about it, I feel. Fair. But, yeah. that's So that's the pin we put there earlier. He knows what chloroform smells like. What, what a sad man. I mean, maybe he just, like, has chloroformed monsters on hunts before, though, you know? Like, maybe it wasn't over his face. I don't know, maybe he ran into a werewolf and he was like, let's, like, get you passed out. Does chloroform kill? Because I thought chloroform was, like, a passing out agent. Yeah, maybe if you, maybe if you hold it over their face long enough, they'll die of suffocation and the chloroform will also be there. I, too, am in this murder. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Joe says, oh, we can just salt and burn the bones then. But apparently, as foreshadowed by my comment last episode, where I said, or was it a couple episodes ago, where I said that uh, in the Philippines, graves are covered by concrete. This guy's grave is covered by concrete, so they can't uh, can't unbury the bones and burn it. So Sam brings up, the murder castle, which is a place that H.H. Um, Holmes built, where he, where it's basically a death factory. That's what Sam calls it. Like trapdoors, acid vats. Inside the walls, there are like people kept in them, and like they die out of hunger. And so Joe realizes that Teresa might still be alive. She just may be inside the walls. So they go to search for Teresa inside the walls. Yeah. Um, I guess a quick fact check on H.H. Holmes. The murder castle has been greatly exaggerated. There were no, like, acid pits or whatever. Like, he did kill quite a few people, but it never really was because he liked murdering that much. Like, he seemed to just want fun and profit, and he'd just, like, kill, like, his business partners. And also he'd kill, like, mistresses and stuff, because he sucked. Um, and also, like, I didn't find any evidence that he went after blondes specifically. Like, that's a common serial killer thing. But it's not an H.H. H. Holmes thing. So, yeah. I mean, I guess charitably they just, like, made that up for this episode so that joke could come along. Uncharitably, they just, <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's just a fucking, they, they do, they just wanted to watch blonde women suffer because Supernatural is the number one employer of blonde women in the U.S., I am. I feel bitter that it's inaccurate because Sam is a Sam would know better, you know. Yeah, Sam would know better, but maybe in the supernatural universe, H. H. Holmes, in fact, had all of this shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I will change the world so that Sam can be correct. <laughs> we cut to Dean and Joe again. Who give a fuck about Sam should be the title of this episode because they clearly don't. We cut to Dean and Joe inside the walls going around looking for places Teresa might be hidden. 
Joe's presumably on the phone with Sam, who can't find anything. They reach a passageway that's too narrow for Dean to get through, uh, but Joe is able to squeeze past him. And as she does that, Dean says, Yeah. Oh, should have cleaned the pipes. You don't say that out loud, Dean. That's so fucking rude. Keep that shit to yourself, bro. Keep that shit to yourself, bro. Also, you were sleeping on the couch in the living room. Like, so yeah, it's good that you didn't clean the pipes. Yeah, Joe goes, what? And Dean says, uh, I wish the pipes were cleaner. And Joe just says, shut up. Joe, Joe fucking elbows him. Yeah. Go, Joe. (laughs) So she decides that she's gonna go through the passageway alone, despite Dean's protests. And as she keeps going, uh, they're no longer able to see each other. So Dean calls her. She keeps heading down dark and grimy passageways and finds an air duct that she starts heading down. Dean tells her to not, to like, stay up here, etc., etc., and Joe says, we've got to find this girl, don't we? I'm okay. What, how do we think, what do we think Joe's thinking here is? Like, do we think that she's actually this fixated on the hunt? Also, why doesn't she have a salt gun on her? I think, you know, she has something to prove. So, yeah. I mean, of course, there's the whole, like, we gotta save Teresa, but... Uh, I think a lot of her motivation stems from I've got to prove myself to my mom, to Dean and Sam. Mm. Oh my god, the Sam girls are coming for my head because I said Dean and Sam. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's okay. Sam girls, it's okay. Gray just said that because Dean's the most misogynistic, so Joe would be thinking of him first in terms of who to prove herself to. No, exactly. That's exactly why I said that. Yeah. So she is being a bit reckless, or at least, like, trying to tamp down her feelings of fear. She also might be feeling a bit embarrassed, because when they were explaining H.H. Holmes and she didn't know who he was, like, I guess she probably felt kind of dumb not knowing who he was, and also, like, being a bit scared hearing about him. So she's, like, overperforming right now. Ugh, sorry, Joe. So Joe goes down the air duct and she's on like a lower level of the building now and she sees ectoplasm start coming out of the wall cracks and Dean's asking what is it Joe and he hears her scream over the phone Ah, uh, he starts running down to near where she was and starts beating the shit out of this wall does where does the landlord not hearing any of this? Like I'm assuming he lives in the building. I I was like, well, literally, how did they leave this fucking building? Yeah, like it's you're not so getting wild. your deposit back, and also like, jeez, it's so wild what they do to this fucking building and to the lawn outside of this building. Like, <laughs> they're really just. Uh, fucking ruining the place. Yeah. 
I mean, like, that's fine. We hate landlords, but also, like, ow. <laughs> Dean uh, finally makes it through a wall and sees that Joe is missing. Her cell phone's on the floor alone. Dun dun dun. Yeah. So Dean is running up the hallway when he bumps against Sam and he relays that uh, the Mr. Holmes has got Joe because he left her alone and he is obviously very upset about this whole ordeal. I mean, obviously he should be, but it's upset in a way that's like blaming himself. He thinks it's his fault. I mean, it kind of is. <laughs> so, Sam says, oh, we just look for her inside the walls. And Dean says, well, obviously she's not inside the walls because we checked all the walls and Teresa's not there. So, back in the apartment, they talk about what's going on with this entire case. When Ellen calls and she says, you lied to me, she's there. Ash told me everything, so put my damn daughter on the phone. And Dean says, she's gonna call you back. (laughs) She's taking care of feminine business. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Dean. 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 What does he mean by that? What do you think he's implying? Um, I think that, like, she's, like, like, changing her pad or tampon in the bathroom, I think. You could just say she's in the bathroom. Anyway, Alan demands to to talk to Joe. Dean says, finally, look, we'll get her back. And then he says that the spirit they're hunting took her. And then he says she'll be okay. I promise. And Alan says, you promise. That is not the first time I've heard that from a Winchester. Go out, but also, oh god. I know. This episode must suck for her so bad. Yeah. It it sucks, especially the end, right? Like, it yeah. sucks for Ellen and Joe. And you feel it too. Like, like you, you feel it, you feel it through the screen that, like, it sucks for them. Mm. Anyway, we'll talk about it when we get to it. Alan says she's going to take the first flight out and she'll be there in a couple of hours. Dean is, you know, very upset about all this. Sam figures out that in the murder castle, he didn't just hide people inside the walls. He also hid them in the basement. Dean remarks that there's no basement in this place. Sam says, but there's like a weird sewage system that's not in use anymore. And Dean's immediately like, okay, let's fucking go. So we cut to Joe stuck in the sewer system. She is in like some small dark place lying down. So she turns on her flashlight and sees how small the space is. And she also sees that like I guess the wall in front of her has a bunch of fingernail scratches and blood in it. Like, there's been a lot of people in there who have tried to scratch their way out. It's a good visual. Yeah. And the the way she starts crying immediately afterwards, it's like, oh no. Like, you really feel her dread. Mm -hmm. You really feel her, um, I don't know, kind of regret, I feel. 
it's yeah. like the visual is very good like when it happened i literally was like oh, no like you know yeah yeah <laughs> i was i was really invested mm-hmm. yeah so like you said she starts crying a little bit but then she like sort of scrubs her face and takes a deep breath so that she can pull herself together to investigate further which yeah i think was a good moment like i think that the parts where we do see joe hunting they do a good job of showing like she's new at this what she's like like still good at it and like we're not gonna make fun of her for her moments of distress yeah so she there's like a little slit in a wall next to her so she can see out which is just like a big round room with a lot of other like little like boxes where people could be in uh she hears a noise and it's teresa so they greet each other and then joe says this won't make you feel better but I'm here to rescue you. Yeah, I feel like there's quite a few visual parallels to Sam and the Benders. The benders. Yeah. Yeah. Also to Cage, like, hi, I'm here to rescue you. Whoops. But Teresa's luckily a, a better cellmate than whatever that guy's name was. Teresa says, like, oh god, he's out here. He's gonna kill us. And Joe reassures her that Sam and Dean are looking for them and will rescue them. And then we hear footsteps from the spirit coming. Uh, and they quiet down. And then the fucking creepy hand goes through the slit and grabs Joe's hair and she's like screaming and like crying as it like rips a chunk of her hair off. It's like it's very visceral. Sam and Dean are in some field beside the building. And they have a metal detector and a shovel. And uh, Sam stops over one spot where the metal detector is buzzing. And they start digging. They uncover a metal trap door. They open it up. They take, uh, they take their weapons and they start climbing down the fucking sewer. Mm-hmm. In the prison area sewer thing, Joe is in her cell. She hears footsteps approach, and the man is beside her again. He starts talking to her, and this is when you kind of realize that this ghost is different from a lot of other ghosts we've seen before, because he is a solid person. The, the, the guy is like, very creepy ghost like you're so pretty so beautiful and then he creeps a hand inside the cell and starts Mm. touching her shoulder touching her neck and she turns away and then turns right back and stabs his hand with her knife which is made of pure iron so it stings him Sam and Dean are still scrolling through the sewers. You see, like, the sewer water in where, where they're crawling. And it's yeah. <laughs> pretty fucking disgusting. Joe is still in her cell. And she 
is wondering whether Holmes is gone when he start when he starts grabbing her again, and she puts a hand over her mouth, so he's chloroforming her. When suddenly Sam and Dean come in and shoots Holmes right in the chest, mm. and he disappears. Dean gets a crowbar and starts unlocking uh, Joe's cell, passes the crowbar to Sam, who unlocks Teresa's cell. Dean tells Joe, hey, remember when you said you wanted to be bait? I think that's our best idea right now. Which is like, they're not even offering her any comfort before like going right into that. Like, she's clearly shaken up. Ugh. Yeah. Also, like... I guess I'm just kind of annoyed that we had two episodes in a row where the bad guy's main trait is, like, trying to sexually assault women. We don't need that that often. Like, calm down a little bit. I think here it's like, they, they like you said, they did it that way so that Joe can participate. But, like, you know, like, Supernatural has this thing where, like, oh, if a black person is in the episode it's like they're being hunted because they're black and like with Mm -hmm. joe it's like she's being hunted because she's a woman and she's the monstrous type and it's like you can do this without that like this this guy can just be hunting people period like you know yeah but i guess they wouldn't be able to do the bait thing if they did that so uh we cut to joe and she's, like, sitting alone in the middle of the room. And she's, like, clearly freaked out. Uh, but she's staying still as the ghost appears behind her and then starts walking towards her. And then once he gets, like, really, really close, Dean yells, Now! And Joe sort of rolls out of the way. Sam and Dean shoot at something on the walls. And then apparently they put up a bunch of bags of salt on the wall, which all like burst open and create a perfect little circle of salt around Holmes. Uh, so he's trapped. Hell yeah, dude. How hard <laughs> did it take? To, uh, like, how difficult was it to like set that up? Like, I know. I just like, feel like it's there would it's probably heavy. be a yeah, and there'd probably be like a gap in the circle. Like, how'd they get the circle so nice? Still a fun idea though. And Holmes starts like screaming, crying, throwing up <laughs> about <laughs> basically. <laughs> yeah, he's like really upset. I guess it's because it's like like not as cool of a, like, quote-unquote, like, kill or, like, defeat of the monster. They had to, like, really show him suffering about it so you could feel triumph. And it is nice to see him screaming, crying, throwing up. So, uh, as they head out, Joe yells, scream all you want, you dick, but there's no way you're stepping over that salt. And I'm glad that she got the last line, like, in this scene, because, like, she deserves it. Fascinating that she says dick instead of son of a bitch. This is gender studies. <laughs> this is gender studies. <laughs> yeah, um, does Joe ever say bitch in this episode? No, I don't think so. Okay, yeah. So they, so they do know that it's, like, weirdly gendered the way they use bitch in the show. Uh-huh. If they won't, 
let the female character say it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <Great. laughs> This is gender studies. Yes, it is. Anyway, back in the street, Sam and Joe are standing over the grate. Sam asks Joe, Oh, do you think this would be as glamorous as you thought it would be? And Joe says, Except for the beer pants terror, yeah. That Teresa girl's gonna have a life because of us. It's worth it, isn't it? Sam agrees. <sighs> this is their only interaction. <laughs> yeah. In the entire episode. Oh, uh, they also And have like a cute moment in the back of the Impala. Oh, yeah! But that's not an interaction. No? Yeah. <laughs> that's just whatever that was. Mm. Anyway. Uh, Joe asks the question that everyone has wanted yeah. to ask, which is what is what if somebody goes down there and finds the guy or the storm washes this all the way? And Sam says, oh, that's why we're waiting here. And by waiting, he means waiting for a fucking cement truck, bro. And a cement truck that Dean is driving pulls up and they start cementing down the sewer thing. Dean says that ought to keep him down there till hell freezes over. And I was confused as to how this works exactly because this yeah. thing is a spirit yeah which is i guess that's why like i kept on saying earlier he's so concrete he's so solid like i think that's what they were trying to do like this spirit because he has ectoplasm he's like physically it's a physical manifestation mm -hmm. uh he can be trapped by uh physical means right Yeah, I think that's what they were trying to do. It's still a bit weird that yeah. this works. Yeah, I'll I'll take it, I guess. But yeah, the also there's not enough weird. cement in that fucking cement truck <laughs> to fill up this whole thing. What right. is going on, Supernatural? I guess like as long as they just block off all the entrances, like. Yeah, he can't leave. Like he'll have like some space to run around Hotel and California throw up. Court. Yeah. <laughs> Next, we cut to the Impala. Dean is driving. Joe and Sam are in the back seat. Backseat boys, and Ellen is sitting next to D Dean. Ah, <laughs> uh, Ellen looks fucking pissed. The reveal that Ellen is the one sitting next to Dean had me screaming and crying. Like, oh my god, they relegated Sam to the fucking backseat. That's so fucking funny. But, like, I yeah. get it. Like, when my parents drive, like, usually it's my mom and dad at front, right? Mm -hmm. But when a grandparent rides the car, they get front seat privileges. So, like, I get yeah. it. But, yeah. like, it's still so fucking funny. I mean... Because if we were going the normal configurations, it would be Ellen and Joe in the back seat, and they would be like fighting yeah. right now. Oh yeah, that makes sense. So Dean, like, oh Ellen, you take the front seat. <laughs> so you be the human barrier between these two. Yeah, Dean is trying to lighten the mood, and he tells Ellen, "Man, you really weren't kidding about flying out, were you?" 
And Ellen continues just staring straight ahead, grimly. And Joe sort of looks at Sam and raises an eyebrow at him. And they sort of smile at each other. And it's a cute moment. Dean's like, how about we listen to some music? And he turns on the radio and, like, a second later, Ella just, like, her hand shoots out and she turns it off. Yeah. And... You, you don't recognize the song because you didn't acknowledge it. It's Cold oh. as Ice by Foreigner. And, like, the first line is, you're cold as ice. And it's, like, like it's just such a funny, like, a music choice for this moment. Because, like, right. of course, you know, like, yeah. Ellen is literally cold as ice. Mm-hmm. And it's it's extremely funny. I did burst out laughing. <laughs> yeah. So Dean just sort of sighs and goes, "Well, this is gonna be a long drive." So in the roadhouse, Ellen and Joe come in, followed by Sam and Dean. Dean says, "You know, this is my fault, Ellen." Uh, Joe did good out there. Her dad would be proud. And Ellen Worst goes thing up for him to say. Don't fucking say that. And then she says, I needed a moment with my daughter alone. So Sam and Dean go outside. And Joe starts trying to defend herself, saying that she's okay, she's alive. Ellen's angry, but she understands. Ellen finally says what she is truly upset about, which is that Joe... Let Sam and Dean use her as bait. Joe says, they were right there. They were backing me up the whole time. Ellen says, this is why you do not have the sense to do this job. You're trusting your life to them. Joe's very confused. Ellen says, like father, like sons. This is what I'm talking about. Joe says, John? I thought you and John were friends. And Ellen immediately retracts, and I was like, what a good heart Ellen has. Yeah. That she's like, oh, John got my husband killed, but I still won't talk shit about him. Yeah. Like, this is portrayed as a moment of weakness for her, that she immediately retracts. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh my god, she, what a what a nice person. Yeah. And uh, Joe confronts her still like mom what are you not telling me so we cut to the outside where sam and dean are waiting joe comes out she's clearly upset she walks by them without saying a word so dean follows her and he asks that bad huh and joe starts trying to shake him off saying not right now when dean like I guess, like, touches her arm and tells her to talk to him. She yells, like, get off me. And Dean says, yeah, okay, sorry, see you around. And he starts leaving. Uh, But then Joe says, Dean, it turns out my dad had a partner on his last hunt. He usually worked alone. This guy did too, but I guess my father figured he could trust him. Mistake. Guy screwed up. Got my dad killed. And Dean says, what does this have to do with me? And Joe says, it was your father, Dean. And Dean's shocked, but Joe continues saying, why do you think John never came back? Never told you about us? Because he couldn't look my mom in the eye after, that's why. And 
she tells Dean, like, just get out of here. Just leave. And she starts walking away again. And that episode closes on, like, Dean looking pensive. Boo. I'm sick of Dean shots. This is not about Dean. This is not not about about Dean. Dean. It should have been on Joe's face at the end. Yeah, so that's the end scene. What What do you have anything to say about that reveal? Um, I think they did a good job working up to it. Like, it was pretty obvious, but, like, it was also kind of the point of the episode. I guess... I'm curious to see what will happen as an aftermath of that reveal. Yeah. I I I I like the reveal, but it didn't feel that strong to me because I just have seen this before and know what's going to happen. Mm. So it's like, uh, yeah. But I I bet if this is like a first time, like that reveal that John fucked up so bad. And that's why um, Ellen and Joe remained separate from Sam and Dean for so long. It's like, oh, well, that sucks, you know? Yeah. So it's a, it's a good reveal. Yeah. So what did you think about this episode? Um, definitely better than last episode. I liked that Joe got a chance to shine. And I like that they, like, actually made her a person. Yeah. Um... Yeah. Like, there's still some aspects of the case that I didn't like, but, like, like, at least, like, if you're looking at Joe versus Tracy, like, it's no fucking contest. Um, yeah, yeah. I think it's it's a good setup for future, like, Sam, Dean, Joe, Ellen relations. I agree. I like this episode. I think, you know, Joe, like... I think they really expand on Joe and Ellen and they feel I mean they they also did feel like real people then just people we didn't know and now mm. there are people we are getting to know and that's yeah. really fun. Best line worst line. What's your best line? I'll start, all right? Mhm. Uh my best line is the one that I said earlier when Ellen said um Joe says, like, John, I thought you and John were friends. And Ellen says, yeah, we were. I'm sorry. I didn't mean... That line Mm. is so character-building, like, for the reasons I said earlier. Yeah. But also the idea that this is what happened between John and um, Mr. Harvell. And yet, the way... Ellen welcomes Sam and Dean. It's still so open arms, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's very touching to think that there's this so much baggage, so much history, and yet they just think of themselves as, you know, we are a unit. Like, it is essential that we stick together, especially now that there's, like, as you said last episode, a war coming. Mm-hmm. I think it's a really good foundation for the relationship. It adds complexity, especially to Alan's character. Yeah. Um, I think my best line might just be when, like, Dean says, like, yeah, I like the job because I'm a little twisted. And Joe says, you don't think I'm a little twisted, too? Like, it's on the nose, but it's a good moment of, like, 
Like, we're going to make sure that this character is a person. <laughs> for worst line, hmm, I think I'll go for I should have cleaned the pipes. <laughs> I, yeah. I groaned in real life. I was like, oh, Dean, come yeah. on. Keep that shit to yourself. What's your worst line? Um, I guess I'm gonna go with Sweetheart, this ain't gender studies. <laughs> <laughs> and it's your worst line because it is gender studies. Yeah, it literally is gender studies all the time. Yeah, so... IMDb rating. Hmm. What is your IMDb rating for this episode? See, I liked this one, but I also, again, know that Joe was pretty unpopular with viewers during the time. So I feel like... Boo! Yeah, so I feel like some people would rate it low just because they're like, I don't, like, care about this character and I don't like how much of a, like, focus she got. But, like, I thought it was pretty good. So I think I'm just gonna guess and... 8.5 because it's definitely better than Simon said and that got an 8.5 so yeah 8.5 I considering everything I think I rated Simon do you remember how I rated Simon said um I think did you say like an 8.3 okay so it makes sense okay I think I'm going to rate this 8.4, not because I don't like it as much as you do, but just because I I think, you know, it's a Monster of the Week. And we've seen how Monster of the Weeks this season are treated, like, rating-wise. So I'm low-balling it a bit, but I do think it deserves, like, an 8.5 or higher, if so. Mm. Okay, let's look. Oh, it's an 8.2. Aww. Okay. Sad. Which is not that bad. Yeah. But it's just weird that it's been like, like, episode one was like a nine something, and then it was at like flat at 8.2 everywhere except for a 7.9 for children shouldn't play with dead things, and then a spike of... 8.5 for Simon said. Like, that's not the direction that this, like, line plot should be going in. Yeah, I... This one review rates it 6 over 10 and says that uh, they don't understand why Joe was hated before, but now they do. What? What did she do Uh, wrong? Uh... They think the writers screwed up Joe's character because she's too young for Dean... He only sees her as an inexperienced schoolgirl, a younger sister who has a chance for a normal life, and a mother who wants more for her. How is that? I, what does that have to do with Joe? Like, that's, that's Dean's oh my shit. God. I don't understand. Joe is no doubt a tough girl. She has a knife collection, but not too tough to be a hunter. The girl tries too hard, but I don't really know. Is it whether to make her daddy proud or to impress Dean and make him see her as Boo! an equal? All Boo! in all, Joe is not a good hunter. She has no solid plan hunting the ghost. She was too scared when it got her. And if not for the boys, she would certainly be dead. Fuck off! Boo! Boo! <laughs> you think that Sam and Dean, Dean would Joel be dead? almost die exactly. in every episode too? 
they uh, this another one rated six over ten and says that Jod is also trying too hard. <sighs> I like the show best when it's just the two brothers hunting together. Fuck oh, off, God. <laughs> Why do we keep on reading IMDb reviews, Crystal? <laughs> so that we understand our why. <laughs> exactly. They do not. This person just said that they think that Joe went on the hunt because of Dean. What's wrong with you? She yeah. put together. She was put together the file. She was going to go herself before. Like Dean going was like an obstacle to her plans. Fuck off. Ah, more more complaint about how Dean and Joe end up becoming like strongly platonic, and they start a romantic. So that's like not in character for them. I've said this before, but like yeah, I don't see a problem in that. They realize later on that it's not romantic. I think that's fine. Yeah, I also think that's fine. I feel like the problem, not the problem, but like. A perspective that we take when we watch Supernatural is... Like, we acknowledge the writers. I mean, God knows we acknowledge the fucking writers. But we do see the characters as people. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a difference that we have from these reviewers. Like, they see it as, like, writing choices. And we do as well. Like, we talk about how this writing choice, that writing choice, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But... We we like to like really settle in and take a you know a jacuzzi on uh, what am I saying? <laughs> no, like I mean, like we're like we're like stewing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Mm. We're like stewing on the characters as people. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's the difference. Like a a right. real person. A real relationship that goes from romantic to platonic could make sense. Yeah. But I guess in writing, it does seem a little bit off that this is where they start and then the writers just forget, you know? Mm. Yeah. The last review on this page is correct. They gave it nine and then just said, with Joe, which is a good character. <laughs> so true. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's all you so have to true. say and that's the right amount of stars. <laughs> Okay, so that's it for this episode of Bus Asian Beauties. Next time we'll be talking about Season 2, Episode 7, The Usual Suspects. Leave us a rating or review wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on social media. We are on Twitter at twitter.com slash beautiespodcast and on Tumblr at bustyasianbeautiespod.tumblr.com. Our official tag is babpod, B-A-B-pod, and thank you to everyone who's donated to our Kofi at ko-fi.com slash bustyasianbeautiespod You can email us any feedback, comments, or inquiries at bustyasianbeautiespod at gmail.com See you guys next time! Bye! Bye. Bye.